Welcome back to the Nullified Take, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Australia. And I do want to introduce everybody here on the channel to Richard and Zoe. Uh, Zoe is from The Hangout Room on YouTube, and we'll get her to do a bit of an introduction as to what she does on The Hangout Room. And Richard is a super fan from uh, South Africa who watches all of the Survivor seasons. No matter where it is, he will watch it. I think he's even watched uh, more of the New Zealand Survivor seasons than yeah. myself even though I live in New Zealand. Um, we'll go over to Zoe for Zoe. Um, do a brief introduction to let people know, uh, I guess, your history with the show and also what else you do on YouTube on The Hangout Room. Hi, uh, my name is Zoe. Uh, in The Hangout Room, we usually do reality shows, South African-based, The Real Housewives of Durban. And then internationally, we do The Challenge and also movie reviews, uh, movies that you can find on HBO, Netflix, or in cinemas. And um, yeah, that's what we do. We just like reality shows. I'm a big fan of Survivor. I watch the US and uh, Australia so far. Yeah, and Richard, uh, do a bit of an introduction. Where, where did you start with Survivor? Where did the the obsession with Survivor start for you? Um, actually, my best friend introduced me to Survivor. I initially thought it was like a corny show, blah blah blah. The tribe spoke, and I'm not watching that. But uh, my friend, I think he made me watch either Koh Rong or Cambodia, but I think it was Koh Rong um, back in 2019. And then I fell in love with the show be because of the strategy. But, you know, ever since then, I think I've watched like what, the last 21 seasons of US Survivor and I've watched every season of uh, Australia and Survivor South Africa, except the first season for, 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 for both shows. And I think for New Zealand Survivor, I've only watched the first season. I haven't watched the second one. So yeah, that's 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 about it. And I'm also yeah. someone that plays online reality games. So if you guys want to try it out, please do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, where can people find out more information about reality um, Survivor games? Because there may be some people that listen to this podcast yeah, that have never done it themselves. Yeah, um, I guess they could DM me or they could go to Facebook. And uh, yeah, I think it's best that they DM me, yeah. Okay, well, what I'll do is after this, I'll make sure um, to add both the Hangout Rooms YouTube channel in the description for this video for those that don't see this live. Um, and then also, Richard, I'll make sure to uh, put your Twitter um, in here and maybe your Instagram, and then people can DM you on either one of those two platforms. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Jimmy, good evening and welcome to the live stream. Jimmy says that he loves your Liverpool jersey, Richard. At least there's one person tonight that loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Um, so for those that are not aware, uh, Survivor South Africa is also around the corner and we're probably expecting to see that around July this year, um, June, July, I'd say it will probably premiere. Um, and I thought what better way than to introduce my two co-hosts for Survivor South Africa this upcoming season than the finale of Australian Survivor. So Zoe and Richard, you will see a lot more of them when Survivor South Africa comes out. Uh, cause even though I'm a South African myself, I've been out of the country for quite a long time. So I think some people may say I'm not, um, you know, I don't know the lingo. I don't know what's going and happening on there on the floor. So I need people that are in South Africa still to let me know what is happening in South Africa. So I'm very excited to have both Zoe and Richard here tonight to talk a bit about Australian Survivor. And Zoe, we'll start with you because I think I kind of forced you to watch this when me and you first started talking. I said, hey, go watch Australian Survivor. We'll get you on for one week. Um, I don't think it was in your plans to watch it necessarily, but you know, you ended up going and watching all of the Australian Survivor seasons, or I guess this specific season. Have you seen previous season of Australian Survivor? Was this the first time you got into it? Yeah, this was the first time I got into it. 
but following yoga's Ash Chantel, I'm starting to watch the, the previous one, Brains versus Bronze, because everybody seems to like that one even more. I'm like, okay, let me go back and watch that. But the whole season of this one, I picked it up and I enjoyed it at the beginning. But as time went, it started getting a little bit, like three episodes I could have done without. They could have just chopped it out some way, figure something out. It was way too long. And I couldn't realize, um, took me a second to realize that like they go over 31 days yes. or 39, like 45, 46. I'm like, it's a three months, four months guys. What's going on? I was like, when are we going to get to the end? <laughs> <laughs> it's a different it's show. Only it got still at some point. So I was like, go back to 39. If you're going to have just three episodes of a game being stuck, why well, I just go back to 39 and figure something out. But other than that, um, it's a bit of a different culture shock. I, it would take time for me to get to Australia. I was taken back by a lot of things. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about a lot of that. I think, Richard, you're obviously someone that have watched a lot of Survivor. You've seen Australian Survivor before. Uh, Australian Survivor before. Do you feel like this Australian Survivor was more heated compared to other seasons? Like the the negativity that was online, the the noise that came from this season, it seemed to be pretty overwhelming at some points. Yeah, I mean, things got pretty heated. I mean, if, even in the game itself, like outside of the fans, I mean, I'm not sure if some of the people have watched um, the, the, the jury villa, but things actually got tense and then and, and really, really, you know, hectic to, to, to watch. But the viewers as well, I mean... Uh, I'm on Twitter, so I've seen, you know, Sam, you know, sort of like talk about how sometimes women, when they play a cutthroat, you know, good gameplay, people sort of like um, talk bad about them or, you know, call them out. But, you know, essentially people should remember that this is just a game and sometimes what the players portray on the game isn't who they are in real life. So, yeah, it's been quite hectic. I can say, yeah, it was it was more um, more sort of like um, heated than, you know, the, the previous seasons of Student Survivor. And it was interesting because I know I don't want to spoil too much for Zoe, who's going back now and watching Brains versus Braun, but there was a specific, very strong, dominant female in that season that everybody seemed to love. So, you know, from one season to the next season, what changed so suddenly that people just didn't have the back of Sam playing, in my opinion, the strongest female game this season? You know, it, it was very difficult for me to comprehend as someone that's been a fan of the show for very long. We've had over... 70 seasons globally now you'd think people understand that there is a difference between gameplay and personal life and what has been really you know i feel like um, gut-wrenching for me is that i've had the opportunity to have a few one-on-one -on -one conversations with some of these women that played this season so the likes of kj the likes of chrissy the likes of um sam and so forth and all of them feel very jaded by this experience to the point where i think even for them to come on and do an interview may take some time like shay i haven't even heard back from shay um i heard a lot about um and Je jenny brings um up a good sort of message here saying how great was chrissy's jury pitch and we'll definitely get into that very very good and jenny welcome to the live stream here as well um i think one of the things that was interesting to me is that at times i feel like we missed massive chunks of the jury because apparently there was a lot of heated things happening behind the scenes that they completely cut out like and the women were really taken to task about being goats and not having played a strong game and we didn't get to see any of this zoe were you aware of this did you see any of this backlash on social media where they exposed some of the some of the things that potentially we didn't get to see on the show 
Are you still there, you cut off a little bit. Repeat the question. Oh. Sorry, so oh, I was just going to say, oh, did you, you see... the question? Yeah, I was just saying, did you see any of the backlash in regards to um, what Shay and Chrissy mentioned, that a lot of the final jury questions were cut out because it was so brutal? I don't follow them on social media ever since the same backlash. Because I just try to avoid the spoilers as well because of the time difference. I don't want to see you what social media has to say, just in case I haven't seen the episode. So social media survivor, I've been cut off. But personally for me, I do kind of like feel like Shay was a little bit of a, a goat and I was frustrated with her most of the time. And the gameplay of KG and Shay, I was not that impressed with. So I would have liked to see how brutal it was, because I didn't think it was that brutal. I also didn't think like they were giving them enough opportunity to even explain themselves. Like Shay hardly even spoke or said something that I was like worth listening. So I'm interested to see what was actually said that was cut out, because I would have loved to hear her explaining herself. If everybody's saying you're a goat and you're a follower, and that's how the media feels, you should give it a platform to explain your thinking, not cut it off because because now we just leave like, okay, she was a follower, didn't have much to say in a jury anyway, and don't have much defense. If she did, I would have rather they just put it out there so we can hear how what she was thinking the entire time. Yeah. Because mm. I didn't think I got Richard, that. I don't know what she was thinking. She never had to spoke. Yeah, and I was going to say, Richard, it's, it's interesting because obviously as fans of the show that have listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews over the years, everybody always tells us, well, this is my game and this is why I would have won if X, Y, and Z just went a different way. So yeah. it could also be a little bit of Shay feeling like she was hard done by because she had such a great game winning her way back um, from purgatory. And obviously in Australia, sometimes challenge wins are seen as a great thing. And sometimes it's yeah. even put on a pedestal above strategic play or above social play. Maybe she expected that the jury would have respected that challenge wins that she did, because I mean, she did win four immunities out there. Yeah, four. I mean, yeah. but watching from the jury, it seemed like nobody even respected that. And you know how in Survivor, when somebody like, for an example, Chappies, when he made a record, it was like, oh, look at that. Chappies won more immunities than anybody else. And every, even in the U.S., they seem to highlight it. Maybe I missed it, but I don't feel like Shay's wins were highlighted in the positive light as it should have because she did win the most um, immunities. And when you get to the jury as well, it seems like they didn't really respect half of that. And I was kind of concerned, like, where is it coming from? Because if it was a guy, if it was an Aussie who won all of those things, would have still been like, oh, just immunity wins, you didn't strategize, or would have been like, oh, look at that, he won, he did the best, he won more uh, immunities. So I do feel like there was a bit of silence when it comes to celebrating how many wins Shay got, and uh, there wasn't much weight put on it. Hmm. Richard, what was your what was your view in regards to that? Because when you look at Shay, you know she did equal the record in Australia for most immunity wins. Obviously, we know that in Australia there are a lot of women in general that win more immunities than guys. Like in general, yeah. women are respected. I feel like in the Australian Survivor game more for their wins. So does that say a lot about Shay's social game? I feel like she was lacking the social game, and that's why people didn't want to vote for her. Um, if she had a little bit of a social game and the wins, maybe her wins would have been seen in a different way. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 
I think I definitely do. I mean, if I look at um, Shay's gameplay, you're right. She didn't she didn't really have a, a social game. If I look at what happened in the second last episode, episode 23, I mean, KJ sort of was the one that was sort of like um, trying to use her social game to try to, you know, manipulate the outcome. While Shay was sort of like behind and was like, I'm just going to focus on winning the challenge to get through. And she wasn't really having much social interactions with, with, with the players in terms of what to do in terms of a way forward, except for KJ. So I do think she depended a lot on, 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 on her challenge immunity wins to get her through the game. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in, she, she sort of did also explain how, you know, she was at the bottom throughout, you know, a, a lot of the game. And as someone that has sort of like played online reality games, when you're at the bottom, it's very hard to make moves. And should you actually even be lucky enough to make it to the end, you surviving and making it to final three is a sort of big move on its own. But, you know, also looking at who she was sitting next to, you know, um, the yeah. game wasn't up there. Yeah, it definitely was a difficult one going up against Mark in the end, who played a very impressive game. And we'll talk about Mark in a little bit here. I, I yeah. felt like Shay really, in my opinion, did everything that she could have done from the bottom. Uh, it didn't look like anybody was going to give her the time of day when it, come, when it came to strategy talk or yeah. who should be voted out next. I mean, she was a tool even that was used by Geordie for his benefit at certain times in the game. Like, for instance, when she won that reward where she yeah. could take people with her to the spa day, she ended up listening to Geordie and taking who Geordie wanted to the spa day. So I felt like that as well just showed that she wasn't playing her own game 100% and probably knocked her down a couple of pegs when it came to um, the rest of the, the jury as well. But one of the um, other things here that was mentioned as well is obviously Chrissy going into this final tribal council. And Chrissy spoke a lot prior to going into tribal council about her social game. And she yes. also at the jury what I was really impressed by was her pulling out specific people saying, Hey, Jesse, you remember this in your personal life? Yes. Hey, this. And she was like pulling that back to me for someone that has never, ever seen survivor. I was very impressed because she wasn't a fan that came into this. She had no idea how to um, play the social game in that finale, the way that she did. But I feel like she kind of learned how to play this game while she was out there. And she like, yeah. again, she sat next to the wrong person, but can you imagine Chrissy going in there with KJ and Shay? I think Chrissy could have won this. I think we, oh, sure. like, I may have even slept on Chrissy, to be honest, yeah. coming into this, because I thought Chrissy had less of a chance than Shay. But I think after watching the final Tribal Council, Chrissy played a really good social game. And in general, the social game is the thing that makes you win the money. Like, Zoe, if you were on the jury, if you got voted out, would you rather vote for a friend or would you vote for someone that backstabbed you? Like, I mean, where would you go? It's basic human nature. <laughs> I will vote for the deserving one. You, my friend, I love you, yes, but I want to vote for a deserving one. And also, I don't see how I can have, like, so much love to a point when, like, I have a friend in Survivor. Guys, in Survivor, we are there to survive. We can get along, yes, <laughs> but at the end of the day, in Survivor, we are friends. <laughs> No, I would definitely go with someone that I think is more deserving. And if you remove Mark from the picture and you leave Shay, Tracy, and KG, I'll give it. 
I'll give it some shade because I respect um, immunity wins. Because for me, I really just love seeing people compete and winning and surviving on their own. I will respect that more than just befriending the biggest guys in the game and co-signing all the way to the end. You can be friendly, it's okay, but I will rather give it to a person that actually worked for it, got eliminated, came back, and still made it to final three. So yeah, I'll definitely give it to Shay. Yeah. Um, Snuff, welcome here. Riley Snuffed, my former co-host for Australian Survivor last season yeah. in the chat. Um, also saying that Chrissy definitely had a lot of respect from the jury. Um, Richard, what did you think of Chrissy's pitch here at the end, trying to do her best? I mean, I kind of said it in my five top talking points that she seemed to have just left it too late. She, like she said herself, stumbled backwards into a very strong alliance and then the cards fell in a way where she ended up sitting next to Josh or Mark. And I felt like either one of those two make the final, they're winning it this season because they both played, in my opinion, very, very good games this season. Yeah, I, I, I think you're pretty much right. She left it really, really last minute because I think we saw it, what, final, final, what, final five when she was basically, I mean, it was, I don't think it was even an initiative. She was like approached by, you know, KJ and, 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 and Shay to say, hey, let's mm. try to make a move. And, you know, I think if we look at what happened, KJ was actually afraid of, um, you know, approaching Chrissy with the idea of either going for Josh or, or, or well, specifically Josh because of the tight relationship, you know, um, she had with, with, with Josh. So, yeah, I think there was a lot of factors to it. But, yeah, I think, you know, maybe there is a scenario where maybe, you know, she gets um, Mark out at, like, five, then Josh out at, at, at four. But, you know, um, she seemed too, too close to them. And I think one of the questions KJ actually asked in the finale was, do you think that you having really tight bonds with people like big threats like Mark and Josh and so on really costed her the game? Because essentially, the Survivor is like a, a one-person game. It's an individual game. And sometimes when you go back to who you are outside, the, outside of the game and you care for people, sometimes it could cost you the game because the person you value and trust and really like could actually beat you in the end. Yeah. I mean, she, she found it very difficult to cut Josh when she did. And I was surprised because she was also seeing flip-flopping back and forth between either voting out Mark, who she tried to vote out first, and then she decided, no, I need to change this up and vote out Josh, which, in my opinion, was the right move at that time. Uh, yeah. But I don't think it helped her. And it kind of showed that her strategy was lacking, even though she had a great social game. I think yeah. if you've got a great social game and a great strategy game, you can get to the end and win. We know that the older females and i'm not calling her old because i feel like she's not that old but i mean she's a mother yeah. right um sometimes mothers find it really tough when they get to the end there's been a lot of mothers that have gotten to the end and have sort of been seen as the goat or the person that didn't really do much strategically in the past even when they sometimes did dictate where the season went but i feel like in this situation chrissy really just didn't have the agency to make things happen and she really was the second or third in charge to other people throughout the game and then also i do feel like um and if chrissy ever listens to this chrissy knows i love her as a person this is purely talking yeah. about her gameplay right as a person we'll talk about her as a character because i thought she was brilliant casting on this season awesome. um i felt like she got a bit lucky that both jordan and sam got taken out along the way because if that did not happen where would she have fitted into that plan of the pairs. I feel like she would have been outside of it. So in some ways, purgatory, the twist that I absolutely hate 
helped her in this game because it brought those three back to take out the two key people that she needed to be taken out to before she got to the end um, as well. Now, I have a very big theory and I'm very sort of adamant that the best player this season, you know, prior to getting voted out and, and Mark became the best player when they took that person out was Josh. How do you guys feel about Josh's gameplay here? And also the lack of edit, I guess at times that we saw from him, because yeah. clearly nobody moved the season unless Josh told them to do so. And the first time he lost control was at the end. Zoe, what did you think of Josh's gameplay? Were you impressed by how well he played this season? I mean, remember this was his first time playing. Mark came back for a second time. Um, I wish I got more stream time because I feel like I was told that he was running the game instead of me seeing him running the game. Yes, I did hear him tell Chrissy uh, not to vote that way, but I felt like the only person he had full control on was Chrissy. I didn't realize he had full control of everybody else outside of Chrissy because that's not how it was presented. Um, but I am impressed with the fact that he kept his cousin in the game for as long as he did, and he played with no idols, no advantages, just him on his own. So that was impressive, but I do wish they would have shown more of that and just more of him being in charge with other people outside of Tracy. And it's also Mel, is it Michelle or Mel, the other twin? Yeah, yeah but, um, Melanie, yes. Melanie. Yeah, but I didn't, yes, I didn't feel like he was in control of Melanie. I think Melanie was just closer to um, Juicy Dave and she was just moving along with the majority. The only person I thought he was fully in control of was Chrissy. So I don't know where this he ran camp idea came from because editors didn't show us that. The editors definitely didn't show it to us, Richard. But um, I think that he was probably the main person moving in that six-person alliance between himself mm -hmm. Jordan, Dave, Chrissy, and then also Sam sort of came into that with them. And then also he had a lot of control prior to the merge. I mean, let's not forget Nina, who was seen as a great player who could like, we probably will always look back at Nina and say, yeah. what could have been, you know, but Nina also recognized prior to the merge that Josh is the person running everything and she needs to be close to him. Now, obviously this wasn't going to be Josh's story because he didn't ultimately win the season. So yeah. that is probably why we didn't see a lot of it, but would you agree that if Josh and Mark went to the final, it would have been a very tough call between those two who would have won? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough. I mean, you know, there's a rule. I mean, one of the things Mark said was that throughout the season, he's been sort of like um, hyping up uh, Josh to be this, you know, huge lead of the Alliance, whatever has, whatever has to happen in the game, you must first consult Josh. You know, and it actually, well, worked out for him in the end. Um, maybe it could have been coincident or something else. But I think the the, the, the rule about uh, meat shields in Survivor is that you never take a meat shield to the end. Because essentially, when you call someone a meat shield, you're saying that this person, you admitting that this person is better than you at the game. So if you go with them to final three, then you're saying that, hey, vote for this person to win because I just basically admitted that they're better than me. So I think maybe because of that, I mean... Uh, Maybe Josh could have won, but I think we've seen from, you know, the jury members, especially Jesse, Jesse, and I think Khan as well was sort of like um, the champions for Mark in, in the jury saying that, you know, he came into this game as someone that has played before and he came in with a couple, got an idol, another idol and still made it to the end. So everyone had every reason to get rid of him. 
but they didn't and he made it to the final three so that I think really would put him really up there um, as opposed to to Josh but I mean it was Josh's first time playing so there's that Yes, I, I was very, you know, I, I agree with you. I thought he played a high-risk strategy, taking Josh this deep in the game. But ultimately, Mark is the one that's got the half-million-dollar check, and he knew better because, you know, he went into the final five, and he had a choice. He could have taken Josh out one move earlier, but he said no. As long as Josh is still in the game, Shay's going to be razor-focused on him. So I have got another buffer. So he was that... Um, he was following through with his plan to that point where it, it was literally one vote away from going to the final. And I think personally, it would have been very close between the two of them if Josh got there. And I feel like Josh could have had the upper hand because of the very reason that you said you create your own reality. And what, what you say out there is what people will ultimately respect. So if you're saying this person is the leader, I'm pushing them forward. That could be respected more than the person in the shadows. And I felt like Mark um, had a good social game, but Mark comes across as a little bit more of an introverted type of person as well. He doesn't yeah. come across as someone that imposes himself in a lot of different conversations and is the social butterfly of the group. Um, I think that his resume just outshone the others that mu much more at the end that it was just undeniable that he was going to win it. And I mean, it's strange to say that he's not the biggest social player when he's won a unanimous vote, the second only yeah. unanimous vote in the history of Australian Survivor. And I think if we look at winners and at some point, I know I'm going to do an off season winner rankings. He's going to have to rank pretty high for me, Zoe, because he for came sure. into the show as someone that has played the game before. So people knew he knew something about the show that mm -hmm. they did not know prior to coming back. He was physically bigger and taller and stronger than anybody else out there. He was winning so many challenges for his tribe in the beginning. And he clearly had a strategic mind about him. So I think bringing that triple threat into the game and then making it to the end with that strategy, you can't but help but respect what he achieved this season. I felt like, you know, Mark kind of had a, and, and also let's not forget, he went up against stiff competition. Like I see Josh, Shay, Jordy, Sam, all the stiff competition that made it to the merge that he outplayed to get there. So when we look at that, it's, it was impressive, even though the edit was infuriating because they were so obvious about who was going to win. Give yeah. him still credit. He's not to blame for the edit, right? Surely. Did you hear that, Zay? I think she might be a little bit delayed on the response there. But yeah. Richard, you, you agree with yeah. that, right? Yeah, a little bit delayed. Yeah, I think she's back. So, Zoe, how would you rate Mark's win? No, it's still a little bit still delayed. I think I think she might be a little bit delayed on that side and not hearing yeah. us. Richard, how would you rank Mark's win? I think it's it's it, it should definitely be 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 up there. I mean, you know, like you said, he's the second you know ever unanimous winner. And I mean, one of the things you know jury members, you know, uh, the way they rate how someone is a good player is if they played good in all three aspects of the game. You know, I, I don't I don't remember many challenges he won. I think he won two or three challenges. And then we look at something else, which would be strategy. Um, I think Mark was very well involved in strategy from the beginning of the season, back when he had an alliance with Nina, Khan made an alliance with him. So there's been many, uh, you know, instances where we saw um, Mark's strategic prowess. Um, 
even how even from the little things i think one of the things i highlighted from him was when um kj was sort of afraid of talking to of telling chrissy about the plan to sort of like you know uh vote out josh and then uh kj went to mark and was like hey let's let's make up this plan mark did not want to you know involve himself in any of that but he was like yeah i'm totally down you know and i think that's mm. such an important skill in survivor that even though you're not part you don't agree with you know certain idea but when someone pitches to you something always say yes to it and i think that's one of the things that helped him uh, strategically as well but yeah i think he uh shown socially as well i mean we saw it with the amount of relationships he had with you know a lot of the people that 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 were playing um so yeah i think he does you know get like an a plus in all aspects of it well i mean there's been better challenge beasts but i'll say you know just overall he's he's, he's quite a top player up there but he's also, like I said, he went up against other really big challenge beasts in a season. Shay won four immunities. Josh won three immunities. Geordie won three immunities. You know, like it wasn't there wasn't a shortage of great challenge beasts this yeah. season. It's actually, if we had to rank the season, I appreciate the fact that the the table was so well spread it across so many different competitors in these challenges where one person didn't just run away with everything, you know? So, um, and in some ways I also wonder how many, and obviously Mark is one of the few players that I've got confirmation will be on the podcast. I'll be doing a, um, an interview with him early next week. One of the questions we'll obviously have to ask Mark is that you hold back on some of those early immunities, because I feel like that would have felt sort of fallen into his strategy of not wanting to yeah. make too much of a big target of himself early merge. I think surely, but I mean, um, I think Mark is, is is a great is a great player overall. I mean, even the way he addressed the jury, he had this mm. sort of thing of you know telling people I voted you out and I had full intention of getting rid of you, but he sort of like put it out as if you know to their credit, like sort of like how Todd, you know, uh, performed in his final Tribal Council performance in Survivor China, um, sort mm. of like saying I voted you out, but I voted you out because you were a good player, and if you're sitting next to me, you'd have beat me. So he has this thing of you know, um, like I said, telling people that I voted you out, but with a sort of like respect and grace to it, and I think that's what you know could have led to him getting all the votes at final tribal council yeah it's it's, it's two players that remind me of that so you you're thinking of todd and john Rebet, where todd told john Rebet, i voted you out because yes. you were he was inflating his ego saying that you could have won the whole game and then chris yeah. daughtry as well in vanuatu telling people that you know he had to vote them and he he had he they couldn't get it over their heart to betray him first, but he ended up having to betray them because they would win if they get to the end. And I did think yeah. his final tribal council, the way that he put the story together of what he did from the beginning phases of the game and yeah. how his game started with the very first vote of voting Andy out, who was going to yeah. be a big player. And we all knew Andy was the biggest threat of the returning Australian survivors mm. coming back this season. And he cut him out day one, got rid of yeah. him, formed a very strong core alliance, had the choice to take the easy route to go to his wife's tribe, but decided to go to a different tribe, you know, and keep it separate. And then had Josh as the person in front of him, which I think really sat well with Josh. And I think the biggest thing that is underrated in Survivor, and um, last season, Ranir spoke to this, is that you don't mind unpredictability sometimes in life, but you don't want yeah. that in Survivor. And Mark was a dependable person throughout this game that Josh could rely on and vice versa. Their relationship to me, I feel like Josh and Mark is the same player in a lot of ways. And if Josh was to play again, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see a very dominant performance by Josh as well. Cause I kind of felt like they really valued that stability that Jordy just didn't bring to the game. Jordy was constantly wanting to make things happen and, you know, yeah. be the Joker out there, but that was not something that Josh or Mark valued in the game. And that's why Jordy saw the door twice in this game out there. Um, Zoe, overall, I think we've got you back now. How do you feel about Mark? Um, you know how I like chaos. So Mark was that <laughs> that calming, constant thing in a game. And I'm like, it was like when Mark came on my street, I'm like, Dad is home. Put on your toys. Because <laughs> he's very strange. He's very forward. He's very logic, very rational. And as a chaotic person who loved chaos and survivor, I was like, can you please go home? I want Jordan to stay so you can just set the whole island on fire and have me wondering what he's going to do next. Mark, it was straightforward. I could see the end game. I can see the logic. So it was easy to follow. And in a game like that, it does get a little bit boring when you can only see every single logical move you can play. You want a little bit of excitement. So I would have loved if I could trade in Josh and if Jordy is, I can have a stability and chaos. It's like the Joker and Batman. Dark Knight, let's go. That's what I would have loved to see. But other than that, like, he deserves a win because it's very strategic, very straightforward, very rational man, very calm. I know, I, like, even when Sam was going through her drama with the idol, he found a way to be in the room but not be present and not say anything and not get involved. And the media, I, I did see, like, a couple of tweets here and there where people are, like, attacking him for not defending himself and not being too out there. But I'm like, he has to stay neutral and be calm because he needs to win. He can't get involved. He can't be a Sophia to KG's game. He can't be a Brianna to... Mm dance game he needs to be level-headed it was respectable for a person who wants to win but as a chaotic person a hollow queen i was like mm -mm, i want joker <laughs> bring me some joker please but yeah i like mark you come he's a, like again you know I, i've said it a few times and I, I had someone comment on my top five talking points when i brought this out it's like how dare you compare him to these players but if you look at players like Rob Bentele, you look at players like Boston Rob, and you look at players like Kim Spradlin, they all were calming factors in their winning season and made the seasons boring because they didn't want chaos because that was the easiest route for them to get to the end and win. And I see similarities to their games in that regard, even though Josh, as CD sort of pre uh, mentioned here, probably ran a lot of it behind the scenes. And CD, by the way, you are the winner of this buff. I don't know if you watched the live giveaway so well done cd for winning the buff on the live giveaway um you need to get in touch with me on either instagram or twitter so i know where i need to post that out to so uh please reach out to me via twitter or instagram um yeah so i i hear you on that i think that overall we could have had so much more chaos this season obviously like i mean i do want to talk about brains versus brawn so badly because there was a lot of chaos deep into that season so you love <laughs> I won't spoil it for you, but if you, but if you love chaos, you need to go back and watch brains versus brawn because I don't, that's chaotic. as much as I'm going to say it's chaotic. You'll love the whole season, you know? So oh, um, I, I, I wanted to say to you, um, when you were talking about when uh, Ricard was talking about how Mark will like be straightforward with you and give you that ego booster it made me laugh because i'm thinking of rob 
Rob from South Africa is like, I'm putting you out because you're winning too much and you're making me lose. I'm hungry. I'm like, <laughs> I need to say this to someone. Yeah. I want to eat. So go home. Zoe's a big Rob fan because of the eyes, like all of us. You know, Mark doesn't have that same <laughs> eyes. I mean, he gets away. Yeah, Rob gets away with a little bit more because of that. I think, um, even though he did at some points make the season very predictable and straightforward. Um, Snuffed here says that if Josh and Mark did go to final tribal council, it would have been interesting, but I think Mark would have still lost because of Sam convincing the jury that he played well. Now, I do have a counter-argument to that. I feel like, yes, Sam is great at convincing, but I kind of feel like it would have potentially put more people off. And I kind of noticed that Sam tried to not oversell Mark too much in the jury from the footage that I did see. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was a lot of people who were annoyed at her game, even in-game, of the way that she got to where she got. So um, I don't know if Sam would have been a positive thing for Mark to push too hard if Josh was to go there because Josh also had Jordan um, there as well who could have pushed for him and I feel like Jordan's way would have been a little bit more laid back if, if you get what I'm saying yeah. and I think that might have resonated better with some of the other players in there but who knows I mean it's it's hypotheticals let's be honest overall I do want to talk about sorry you go ahead Richard Oh yeah, I was saying I totally, I totally agree with you with what you said. I mean, I've been in a couple of juries, and sometimes when I'm voted out, I tend to say, "Hey, vote for this person. They played an amazing game." And then the, mm. you know, other people maybe that I wasn't aligned with in the game are sort of like, "Ah, uh-huh, maybe I don't want to vote for that person." So I do understand what you're saying that had Sam been like, "I played a great game," and so did Mark, blah 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 blah. Then people are going to be like, "Ah, you're just saying it, you know, because he's your husband and not because he's a really good player." And then it that can sort of psychologically make people want to vote for a different person, even maybe to even spite, spite Sam. Um, but yeah, I think I pretty much agree with you when it comes to that. I think also, I mean, she's got $250,000 on the line, right? Half, half and half. So, I mean, obviously <laughs> she's going to be pushing for Mark to win, but the best thing possibly <laughs> happened cool. for her at the end with Mark going up against uh, both Chrissy and Cher. I think it was, as soon as we saw that, we all knew as an audience, Mark's definitely, I mean, if you didn't know it from week one. Now, I want to know something because I was talking about this with Jake, my co-host for Survivor US earlier today. And I said, I need to ask the audience. And if you're listening to this later on or if you're on the live stream, let me know if you like me calling out the winners early in the season. Because I've had now two seasons in a row where week one, I said, I think this person's winning. Because it's yes. very obvious. The edit is super obvious in Australian Survivor. They don't hide who's going to win at all. And I want to know, do you guys think, because I've been, like I've never been spoiled. I don't check spoilers. Don't want to know spoilers. Like Richard knows. I've had this conversation with Richard <laughs> off air where I said, Richard, Richard can tell me stuff, but I don't want to know any stuff for the new season coming up. Um, and I don't want to be spoiled, right? So... But by me having such a great track record with Australian Survivor, I think I should call myself the Australian Survivor Whisperer now because I, <laughs> I, I can suss this out very early on. What do you guys think? Like, is it fun to talk? Like, I normally enjoy trying to figure out who's going to win, but I feel like now it's becoming I'm, – I've been right two out of two times here, Richard. Yeah. What do you think is the approach here as a fan moving forward listening to some of these podcasts? Do you think that I should try and play dumb next season? <laughs> Nah, just 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 be yourself. I think you know because of this concept of winners edit. I mean, I'm a new school survivor fan. So as soon as I heard or read about this winners edit thing, I went onto YouTube and tried to study it. 
And ever since then, you know, it sort of makes it easy for you to predict that, oh, this person said this, or this person is doing this, or the editor's highlighting this person positively and never negatively. So it sort of like gives you an impression that, okay, this person might win. And it sort of does take away from it, um, you know, in terms of the whole experience. But it's sort of nicer if you sort of don't know who wins. And after you've seen the winner, you go watch back and you see that, oh, this is what the edit was telling me. This is what the edit wasn't telling me. So... Um, yeah, I'd say, you know, if you think someone's going to win, just put them out there. I mean, there could be a time when you're actually wrong so that, you know, some of us can... I, I was wrong. Like, wrong. Australians, I think Australian Survivor, I'm going to put it out there, unless they change something drastically, I feel like I can call the next five seasons in a row and I'll be right every single time because they're <laughs> that true. obvious. They're that obvious. I'll put it out there, you know. Anybody can challenge me on that one. Um, but Survivor US, I did not see the Survivor US or Survivor South Africa last season. Like, had no idea. Like, I, I was on a completely different journey <laughs> to what the editors were taking me on. So, and I like that. I like, like, I don't want them to exactly. minimize the winner's edit to a point where they're suddenly a non-entity. I don't think that's great either. But just make it so that there's enough potential other winners. Like, for instance, Josh would have been a great example. Like, CD, I know, is a big Josh fan. Um, and he says Mark was smart not to bring Josh to the final three. Um, I think that, if they edited Josh in a way where they showed us a lot more of that strategic play that everybody was telling us about, we as an audience up until the final four would not have known who was going to win between Mark and Josh. Yep. And that would have been exciting, but I, I kind of felt like I knew which way it was going to go. So for me, that's, I love Australian survivor. I will watch next season regardless. That's the only pet peeve I have that and maybe redemption or purgatory. That's the only two things I don't like about Australian yep. survivor. Because of how you are, are going on about how Mark was going to win, I kept on telling you, I want Shay to win. I want Shay to win because I'm like, okay, I can see him saying that. I know why he's saying that. But I'm going to create like an alternative universe with myself where Shay is the winner just so I can like stay excited and be like, oh, what is Shay going to do now? Because it was the only way I can enjoy the show by creating other reasons like, oh, something might happen, which was like, this episode, episode 23, oh my God, it had me at the edge of my seat because I thought it's going to happen. When the girls were like deciding to vote for Josh or Mark, mm -hmm. I was like, this is the opportunity where my alternative universe come into life and I'm going to call Tris and say, you are wrong. The girls did it. They <laughs> vote at Mark. And when it didn't happen and how the vote went with, I was so pissed off because I'm like, I was just there. My alternative universe was just there. And they just dropped the ball so badly. I think it took me a, a second to even go back and watch the final because I was not interested at that point. I don't know how you can mess up a clear vote so badly in Survivor game. I don't understand. What do you guys think went so wrong with those girls voting for Josh and Mark and resulting in KG going home? I think for me personally, Chrissy, as someone that didn't really know the game, she was she was looking for someone to guide her through the game. And I'm I know there's gonna be some people who are not gonna be happy with this um and me saying this and they'll be like, ah, she she you know she shouldn't have done that. But I feel like she should have gone Croc's way prior to the merge. Croc like even though he was voted out prior to the merge, wanted to take control of his own fate. And he said that to her as well. Like if we don't go against Jesse and Sam here, then we're going to be lambs to the slaughter and we're going to play their game. And mm -hmm. she had the opportunity there to make a big move that would have been respected with Croc 
to go deep in the game. Plus, she wouldn't have lost Croc in the game. You know, she would have had that extra alliance move. So I feel like her game went wrong from that point onwards. What do you think, Richard? It looks like you agree. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I do agree because, you know, I think, you know, let's say maybe she she, she actually didn't, you know, go, go Croc's way. I think she also needed, I mean, she hasn't watched the, the, the show, so maybe that's an excuse. But still, I think there should come a point where maybe halfway through the season, like, okay, I think I've learned the basics. I think I know what how to spell purgatory. I think I know what a blindside is at this point. So now I can sort of like start, you know, going my way. But, you know, she did it too late. Maybe she, if she did it like halfway through the season or like maybe what, like two two thirds in the season, maybe, you know, things could have landed, you know, better for her. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, before we move on from Chrissy and go to Shay, because I, I like that question that Zoe asked, and I want us to also explore this for Shay. Yeah. Now, with Chrissy, would you guys like to see Chrissy play again? Now, I think Chrissy is a a big 50-50 on if she'll play again. I had a conversation with her pretty recently where she seems to legitimately be hurt by the fan response and the the and and, and I'm not talking about the ones we see online on twitter i'm talking about the digital messages to her directly you know where it's behind the scenes and and she feels like she didn't realize how intense the fans were of this show so i feel like she may not come back but but do you guys want to see chrissy come back i felt like she was a great character um zoe you you you're the first person that says no tell us why go all in go all in chrissy chrissy if you're listening to this just go like this (laughs) close your ears for the next five minutes (laughs) Um, I like Chrissy as a character, but not for after the merge. Pre-merge, yes. After the merge, I need serious gameplay. I need strategy. I need brains. I'm not a fan of, um, I don't know if there's a better word, but confused, Dizzy Blonde. Like, even Hollywood doesn't do Dizzy Blonde movies anymore. It's a huge insult to the females. So when I'm seeing females in the game, I want strong females, opinionated Put yourself first, money first, family first, before anybody else. Put yourself first. So I'm a more of a Nina, Sandra, poverty kind of female players. And anything that moves away from that, I don't. So, no, I can't. Give me 10 more Ninas. Give me more poverty. Give me more (laughs) Natalie. As a person, as a fan, yes, pre-merge two, three episodes, and then she goes home. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I, I do wonder, Richard, what could Chrissy do? Like if, make the pitch for us here. You know, we've heard why she shouldn't come back. Make the pitch for us why you think she should come back. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I love, I love Chrissy. I mean, even from, I think from episode one, I just fell in love with her. She has this like amazing uh, sort of like, like, like character. And sometimes I think, you know, it goes back to saying, you know, sometimes the season can be boring when, you know, everything is just strategy, mm. strategy, strategy. And, you know, it's, it's it's all game talk. Sometimes you do need those people that just, you know, um, put up the comedy and, you know, at, at some point in the game, just to give the game some variety and not to make it monotone throughout the game. I love Chrissy. I think if um, season 10 is going to be like another all-star season, I think she's a definite, she's a definite lock. I mean, I think, do you think she, she goes up against Ka- um, Kara. Maybe like I felt like her and Kara were casted to be the same person. Oh, and yeah. um, when they were 
you know, not not getting too much into it because I know Zoe, you're watching yeah. it right now with Kara, um, the blonde, the blonde older lady, and not that she's that old, Kara, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> but you know, she she's kind of she was the same, you know, like all the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know where my vote's gonna go. They would, I felt like they tried to draw those conclusions between Kara and Chrissy as characters. But Kara, I do think has got more strategy personally. I think she's strategically smarter um then within the game obviously that can change now because chrissy has now played the game so she yeah. could be very different in a second season but i i feel like there's no space for both of them i feel like they would go with one of them personally oh no if they I podcast love yeah i love i love them both that's the thing um because i think with chrissy we did sort of see sprouts of her being strategic and you know saying that we should, I mean, now that I think of it, she actually did say like earlier on in the game that because Mark has the potential of having two idols, why aren't we going after yeah. Mark? And now that she I did. think of it, maybe the reason why she actually didn't go for Mark was because Josh, Josh wanted to keep Mark Josh, in, yeah. in the game. So maybe there is some gameplay in in, 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 in thingy, in, in Chrissy's, just that she was blocked because of, you know, the person she was you know, playing with. Maybe second time, if she plays, she'll, you know, play more of an individual sort of like game and say that this is my opinion, I'm standing by it, this person has to go. And then, I mean, we did actually see a bit of the fierceness when it came to after Croc was voted out and then, you know, mm. um, Chrissy was pissed at, at Benny. So there is a player in Chrissy, it's just that, you know, this season didn't really enable her because, I mean, it was the first time playing and she's not really a fan of it. So... Yes, that's an excuse of why uh, Chrissy should come back um, in a future season. I love her. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love Chrissy as well. I think Chrissy, for me personally, she needs her own TV show. She needs her own TV show. Like, you know, I think she needs to be on the Housewives <laughs> TV show. Yes, <laughs> no, you don't sure. endorse that. We, we need to get her and Cara on the Sydney, the Sydney Housewives, you know, um, TV yeah. show next. I would love to just be a, like the cameraman out there you know following Chrissy around because I remember we only saw like a smidget of Chrissy's personality on the actual uh, TV show like can you imagine if the whole show revolves around her I think it would be hilarious now as a survivor player Zoe I, I do hear you've got fair criticism that you're bringing out on some of those things and I, I don't want to minimize that I think that if, if Chrissy does come out and again I don't personally think she wants to play again and I could be wrong I just from the little bit of conversation I've had with her I feel like this was like a one and done type of deal she did tell me she's more of a private person in general she doesn't really want her, her life to be on TV I don't know if she'll actually want to do this again um, but if she does come out and if she ever does listen to this just make sure you go out there and be that ruthless player that zoe wants to see because i do agree i like to see a player that does take the game by the scruff of its neck now we're going to talk about a player that didn't have the strategic ruthlessness but they did have the physical ability to go out there and win four immunities to equal the record that quite a few people in australia now hold shay um, she was definitely a warrior out there, Zoe. Sounds like someone that was right up your alley. Is this someone that you know you would like to see play this game again? And and what does Shay have to do differently if she comes back and play again? I want Shay to come back so badly. And when she comes back, I want her to start the game on her own because in the beginning, I felt like she was alive. She had Nina and she knew that Ben was on the other side. But as soon as Nina left and as soon as been left it's like she just disappeared and became a shell of herself and when mm -hmm. kg came over to the alliance and took her spot the only remaining spot from the boys club she just disappeared even more so i wanted to come in individually and 
make more friends. I don't mean like she should be a hyper electricity because she's very like calm person. There's nothing wrong with calmness. Mark is calm. There's nothing wrong with being calm, but I feel like she just needs to build relationships even more in the beginning of the game and nurture them and know how to move around and talk to people. I hardly saw Shay talking to people, especially in the episode of 23, episode 23, when she needed to have a conversation with Trissy and be on the same page. She wasn't talking to Trissy. Mark was the one being, playing telephone, going to KG, going to Trissy, going to Shay. I'm like, Shay, why are you not going to Trissy? Talk to Trissy, find out what she wants and so can be on the same page. It's like she needs other people, and by other people in specific, Mark and Josh do the talking on her behalf. And that frustrated me because I'm like, you can talk for yourself. So I wanted to speak for herself, make connections and do the maneuvering and not just go to the woods and do yoga for five hours and come back when decisions have been made and she's taking orders. Like, come on, I need her to be more present and more aware and more individual thinking because she got the game on lockdown. A female who can go against Mark for hours on end on a physical strength and still went back to back. To me, that's mm. a warrior. That's a beast. I just need her to speak more for herself and not rely on other people to speak for her and she'll be fine. I think that um, Shay is going to be very close to the telephone and she's going to get that call from Paramount Plus pretty soon for the Challenge Australia. Um, we'll see her on our screens in the near future. Um, I don't think you're going to let someone of Shay's caliber go if you know go. that there's a new show that's going to be happening pretty soon. Um, so I'll have my fingers crossed for Shay to get on there. Um, I'd love to have her on for an interview at some stage as well. Very difficult person to get a hold of. I don't know if she wants to be that involved with the fandom after the season, but hopefully yeah. she does go on the challenge because I feel like the challenge would be up her wheelhouse. It is more about your physical ability than anything else. Now, Richard, where did Shay go wrong this season? Where Where did things fall apart for her? I think um, I think it's a I think it's a personality thing because when I watch uh, a Shay in terms of her behavior, like Zoe said, she's more of a sort of like laid back person. I mean, if you look at uh, the first week when uh, her and Brianna had an alliance, right? Obviously, if there's someone that's at the bottom and is causing chaos, you usually try to disassociate disassociate yourself with them because they could put you in trouble. And then when she found the idol. Um, uh, Khan catched it first and then gave it to her and then Khan convinced her to backstab, you know, uh, Brianna. So you can sort of see from those little moments throughout the game, um, even when, um, I forgot Khan's sister's name, but when Khan's sister Amy. tried, yes, Amy, when Amy tried to make a move against Josh and Jordy, um, Shay was actually the one that went to Josh uh, to tell him that, hey, she's making a plan to try to get you out. So maybe there was sort of like some sprouts of, you know, strategy here and there. But I think other than that, mm. you know, strategy isn't really her, her, her best um, attribute. And socially, we saw her not um, speaking or convincing people to, to, to go a certain way too. Um, but, you know, challenges, yeah, she's a beast. You can't, you can't touch her. She reminds me of actually my survivor crush, um, Brooke, who was also a challenge beast. I mean, 
what a what a beast like i can't she was going against um david one of the best you know uh, in the game so you know um hopefully they both get invited for the challenge um or australia i was but, just yeah. going to say zoe if you want to do yourself a favor go back and watch all of the australia it's a, it's a it's a it's a slog though but mm. brooke jowett played in australian survivor all stars and she in my opinion is the challenge beast of Australian survivor. She has won the most immunities outright because she's played in more than two seasons. Um, and I think she, I, I'd be shocked if she's not going to be on the challenge. Like she is made for the challenge. And I do see the similarities between the two of them. I do think Brooke has got a superior social game though, compared yeah, and also a superior sure. strategic game. She's more of yeah. a triple threat compared to, yeah. to Shay, but um, Shay's like, Brooke 2.0 without all of the additional things, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see them on the same season going head to head against each other. I would, I would be all there for it, but overall, I agree with you. I think, you know, Shay, Shay did a really, really good job this season getting where she got playing from the bottom. But ultimately when we look at this season, who are the other players outside of um, the top three? Like if you had to choose five players, well, actually let's go three players each because it's easier to work, work through three players. If you could only choose three players from this season, who would you nominate as the three players that you would like to see in All-Star Season 10 come back and play Australian Survivor? Richard, we'll start with you and then Zoe, you can go second. Okay. Uh, so obviously it goes without mention. Uh, I'll go mm. mine. Khan. Okay. Got it. I want Khan to come back so badly. <laughs> I, I want Khan. Khan. I want Jody. And I would like to get, I'm caught up between Shay and Amy. Shay because she's a warrior, but I like uh, Amy because um, I really want to see more of her. Because in the beginning, she did show me that she's very strategic. So I would like to see her strategic side coming out more because I didn't think she was given a chance since she didn't make it to merge. So I would definitely want to see Khan, Jordi and Amy. But I don't think yeah, Amy will qualify, yeah. so I'll replace Amy with Shay. <laughs> I like I like Khan. Khan is a good pick. It might might make my top three as yeah, well in, in that list. Uh, Richard, who who's your three? Okay, so I think I'll go with Nina because uh, she she played an awesome game. I mean, when I was watching this season, I was just I was just. I don't so even frightened. think we need to nominate. I don't think we need to nominate Nina. I think Nina's like Jalpino, he's already yeah. said yeah he's already said she's there like i mean have you seen her hang out in australia with all the other australian alumni like yeah. they're already strategizing for the next all-stars it's already happening she's in there yeah. everybody knows so they'll reach out to her now yeah okay uh nina's a, like, uh, we, we know she's coming it's a foregone conclusion she's coming back <laughs> okay and then the next one is obviously uh jesse the kid i mean awesome player i mean i think he's good socially He's good strategically, and I, I think he was good at, at the challenges um, as well. So I think he should mm. definitely be asked to, 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 to come back. And another person that I'd want to come back is Alex. Alex was a guy that injured himself, right? Yes. I did think, you didn't, you you know, didn't listen to you didn't listen to Tara um, on my podcast when she came on um, yeah. for that recap. That did you did you listen to the Tara recap when the she came on? Part with her and stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tara, so she played in the previous season as well. She's a yeah. a former player. I don't want to give placements away, but she went in really hard on Alex <laughs> on that one for leaving early. She's like, yeah, you, know, you get one chance to play the game, your back better yeah. be broken if you're leaving the cool. game, you know, type of thing. So I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I hear you. He's a nice guy, and he. Um, he has, um, I guess, 
a lot of you know he, he does have the ability to probably play a good strategic game because he's a big fan sure. i know that behind the scenes but i don't know if medica if medical has not taken you out of the game then i wonder how much it was mental or how much it was physical but it's hard because you don't know what's going on inside somebody's body so i don't want to say anything too shady there but i understand why tara was very um yeah she was not not a, not an alex fan let's put it that way yeah but, but but i mean there was also a challenge where they had to like um carry sort of like battles mm. and he did it well even if his even when his back was injured and we must also remember that moana was um was sort of like quit the quit her first season right because she just wasn't yes. feeling too well and then she was also asked back so i think there is a shot that that, that alex comes back i think he he does make uh, something of a good player like socially as well i mean he was a joker was a funny guy and there is strategy there is some challenge prowess there so i think um you've got a type yeah i could tell you've got a type between jesse and alex you've got a you like the the non-assuming yeah. behind the scenes and the dark playing the strategy type of game because i think yeah. jesse um if he did come back would be underestimated compared to Jordy because Jordy played such a bigger game than him that people yeah. will forget that Jesse actually was a good player as well yeah. but he just got taken out and people will only remember the fact that Sam got that idol from him and they'll think he's a dumb player because of that but i think yeah. Jesse Jesse's got game like i also rate Jesse very highly but if i had to pick three people myself uh, sorry do you have a third one instead of Nina Nah. <laughs> you just leave it at those three. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So for me personally, if I had to choose players to come back and play another season, um you can't not have the Joker come back and you can't not have the Thief come back. I mean, the rivalry between those two, Sam and Jordy, I want to see play out in a Euros versus villains, both being villains. One of them will think they're a Euro, but they're both villains and survivors universe i'd love to see both of them play again on the same season and for that rivalry to continue um i don't know if sam will come back but you know this is a fantasy cast and then my other person <laughs> that i really want to see come back i have rated this person very highly the whole season i think they played the best game but didn't get to the final is josh i want josh to come back oh. and i think that josh Again, I don't know how big of a fan he was prior to the show coming in. I don't think he was the biggest fan. I think he's watched it casually. I feel like if he comes back, he could be a Rob Bentele level of player. I really see that within him. I think he's got that capability. But how many other people will know about it? That's the problem. If he comes back with a lot of his castmates from this season... They'll know what happened behind the scenes. They'll know how yeah. much control he's had this season. And he could be an early bird. But those would be my three players. I do love a lot of the other players that you guys have mentioned as well. I think Amy is underrated as well. Very underrated. Um, yeah. She went very early, but she was willing to make moves. And I enjoy seeing that. Uh, I think overall it was a great cast. Richard, how would you rate this season as we go into our final thoughts here as a whole? Um, when you look at Australian Survivor seasons and you're comparing it to others or globally, is this a, a, a mid-tier, top-tier or lower-tier season for you? Jeez, oh, I, I, I wouldn't say it's, 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 it's top-tier. But I think what can influence that is because we have we, we were just we just came from watching um, season eight, which was um, Brains versus Braun, and it was such a good season. That when I watched the first, um, like what two weeks of you know, um, Blood versus Water, I was like, ah, I think this is a letdown. So maybe that could be you know influencing my decision. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's a it's a top season. 
Um, so I think I'd put it at, uh, on mid on on the mid tier because you know there was a lot of good players overall. We, we saw a lot of social players. We saw a lot of strategic mm. players. We saw a lot of people winning um, the individual immunity challenges. So it was really a star-studded cast. Um, so yeah, I think I'd put it in in mid tier, at least in my opinion. Now, no, Zoe, you haven't seen any other Australian Survivor, but if you had to compare it to other Survivor seasons in South Africa and also the US that you've seen, where would you rate this season? Um, it's definitely middle low. Because when I saw Blood versus Water, I automatically went US. It was so intense having families fighting over each other. So I had expectations of people playing a more cutthroat game, be more revengeful because their family members are in the game. And this season, I walked away thinking, do you guys even like your own families? <laughs> you want them off. <laughs> you move on without them. You don't care. You signal revenge. And the only person who gets a, a, a bad feedback is J Jody who goes after people who take out his own brother. I'm like, that's what everybody should be doing. So what the hell is going on? I can't even relate it. So I, was, um, I wasn't happy about it at all. It was like, but it was better than the US season 41. That was, it was better than that. Because I, I mean, I, I didn't, I hated season 41. And it was longer. So I had some, things to watch while preparing for season 42 it was a nice fill-up season until my favorite seasons come back to life but yeah i wasn't a fan because of just how lackluster and lack of intensity it was and i did i thought it'd be more intense because there were family members involved but i don't know mm. what happened yeah, just to just to comment on what Zoe said, I think you know, uh, you know, I think Sandra was someone that was you know good at sort of like showing the difference between um U.S. survivor the way how the way U.S. survivor players play and the way Australian survivors play, and I do also see like a difference between the way you know South African players play and the way Australians play because I feel like when we watch Australian Survivor, you know, these guys are like cutthroat. I mean, how many people have said in the preseason interviews that they'd love to vote out their family members? just for the heck of it, you know? So I think yeah. it's like a gameplay thing where they just love making big moves. And, you know, also looking at Australian Survivor as a whole, they like exaggerating the gameplay, giving people a, a crap ton of, you know, confessionals. So I think it's like a, an Australian thing, you know? Yeah. yeah, but if you're making big moves, I want you to make a big move that hit hard and not just a big move as like, ah, oh, of my family member, but for what? Like if you look at Troc versus Tracy, it's like, I, what am my family member take? I'm rootless. But it's like, you know, but that was an intelligent move because you actually exactly. needed your family member to go forward. So if you're going to make a big move, make for the move hit. It had to balance. And I think Australians are more of takeoff boxes, but they lack the hitness. Because like, okay, cool. We've run off your mother. Okay, sharp. She was going out anyway. So what was so hard about that? You the weren't on charge. Your number the, the, one. The, 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 Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say the, the the resume conversation definitely comes up every season in Australian Survivor. Like, I need a resume. I need to. I voted out Sandra, who's the biggest player. Now I am going to win. Like Jordy said, you know, and I'm like, Jordy, yeah. 
that's not a big move. Like voting Sandra out, everybody knows that needs to happen. That's just a foregone conclusion. You got to get rid of her. Now you yeah. need to prove yourself after this and play a big game. But um, and also I feel like the the there's a real urgency, and I think this is kind of forced on the players by production because they bring so many twists and they bring so many idols and before the merge even happens that production kind of urges them on to make these big moves from the beginning and you know we've had snuffed in the live stream earlier who's obviously from australia riley who told me in previous times that in australia they really the audience um there they want to see a big move every week to stay engaged if they don't see a big move they get bored and they move on and then the viewer ratings drop. So it is Australian oh. survivor is big moves, you know, central. It's, it, it, they can't have a slow and easy episode. And that's why I'm very interested to see how the season overall is going to be perceived by the Australian public, because for the most part, I felt like it was a very straightforward season. Things yeah. went according to the script after the merge. Um, and, it was just such a dominant performance by the majority alliance after the merge that it did kill a lot of the moves. And I think that a lot of people probably were quite low on it. For me personally, I'm a little bit different to both of you um, on this. I did like Brains versus Braun to a certain degree, but I'm not a fan of yeah certain things that happened that season. Um, I don't yeah. want to take away and talk about it too much because you still need to watch that, Zoe. But I think Richard will know just by knowing what I value in Survivor and what I don't value. And I don't want to like I don't want to go into it too much because when we do our rankings and things like that, I'll talk about it a little bit more on a podcast where I can be more open about it. But for me personally, I felt like there were big characters this season. I think the edit let them down and i think that the edit in australian survivor i know i'm a broken record has gotten worse and worse because an edit can make you feel a certain way about a season or not and taking away from other strong players and not giving their viewpoint not seeing one of the twin sisters do a single confessional until they got to the merge after there was a fire challenge that she won against the biggest beast before the merge and she doesn't even get to talk about that in the next episode at camp what yeah. are you guys doing? You're just not giving us what we need as an audience. The fact that you don't even know her name, you say one of the twins, because I'm like, which no. one? At this point, I should be able to distinguish. But I'm like, which one is which again? It was just, it was terrible. And she was I the biggest it. fan. She was the biggest fan out of the two. She's yeah. the one who got M- Michelle into it because she actually reached out to the season one winner to get advice prior to going out. All this stuff came out. She's that level of a fan. And yeah. her experience was you know not even uh, did she throw i feel like no it was her sister michelle who threw her buff into the fire another thing i'm so annoyed by because these buffs are so rare (laughs) and she threw a buff into the fire she doesn't even have a buff now she has to go on ebay and buy one for 750 (laughs) dollars after she played in the season it's ruthless jlp's ruthless man (laughs) but um if we if we look back at this season what will you guys remember from this season the one thing that you'll remember from this season? It's a tough question, eh? For me, okay, I'll go first while you guys think about it. Okay. For me, Sam's move. Like, I was like, what's insane? An Australian survivor history. Um, ruthless, cutthroat, taking the idol from the kid. You know, again, showing that a young man can be impressionable and naive when it comes to uh, more experienced people that's happened before in the US. And I think her move is at that level of Johnny Fairplay's Grandma Lie. It's going to be remembered for seasons and seasons to come. It's going to 
I think for Sam, on a personal note, outside of the game, it's going to be something that she's probably going to um, want to forget about and probably she won't like the fact that it's never nobody's ever going to forget it because she wants to move on with her life outside of the game. But I will say to her, own it, be proud of it. It was a badass boss move that you did. And from yep. us as fans, it gets the seal of approval for the season. Biggest exactly. move of the season. And I feel like that was the only big move because what other epic thing that happened after that? Because it dominated the entire season trying to figure out, is it true, is it not? And it just went on and on and on. And it was a never-ending story. And there was no other storyline or anything that was happening to overcome and overpower that. Um, it was a classic move, my favorite. Come to think of it, the season was a season China when Natalie stole the the necklace from the guy. What's what uh, season was, uh, was that? Fans' favorites, Micronesia. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think that's when I was really I was in high school or primary somewhere there, <laughs> six seven. It read, yeah. and I was getting into it. That's when I got into Survivor. So there was like my welcome to the Survivor world, and I couldn't ever forget it. I love it. I didn't even know how the hell you can convince somebody to hand, like, give you an idol and keep it. Remember in Survivor South Africa, where Rob gave Darrell an idol and took it back five seconds later? It's like, see, I built trust. I gave him my Arab. But I'm like, Rob, but you took it back five seconds later. And this guy is walking around like, oh, yeah, he gave me his Arab. He trusts me. And then I go to Australia. You keep him and he puts, he puts it away and walk away with it. And you are like, no, I trust him. I'm like, what is going on with these people? It was, it was ridiculous. It was crazy. I love it. Best move, well executed. I think right now, Sam might be some feeling some type of way about it but as mm. time goes on and she hears us talking about it putting in a top best move she will learn to accept it and be okay with it because she I was know. also a fan she knows how the game plays i think right now it's just an issue because it's too new but she will get over it and she just has to be proud of that move it was the best move in survivor throughout not just australia it will make it all the way to the top 10 when you go internationally I agree. and the fact that she did it by herself with that mark just her i was like i'm Richard, if, if, if that was um jack burger out there with sam would he have given it to her Ooh, interesting you remember the you remember the felix versus jack burger situation where felix wanted to yeah. grab jack burger's idol and he's like, eyeball, <laughs> not happening, not happening today. You know, I don't think um, a, a seasoned player like Jack Berger, and does that take a little bit away from Jesse's ability as a player? Because I know you rate him pretty highly. How does this rate Jesse at the end for trusting her to this level? Um, look, you know, I, this might sound silly, but I think if I was in Jesse's position, I would have also given Sam the idol. Because I think it just goes back to, 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 to the person I am. I think... In my mind, if I tell you that you're my number one ally, I can literally trust you with anything, even if it's an idol, because I know. Mm. I mean, well, Jesse's intention was that if I give you my idol, there's no bigger way for me to show you my trust and 100% believe that you're my ally. But unfortunately, the nature of the game is that, you know, betrayals have to happen. And even though someone can look at you and consider you as like your number one ally, or like Zoe said, your family member, that person can be voted out in Australian Survivor. So I think it's just a cultural shock thing. But like if I was in Jesse's situation, I would have given Sam's I would have given Sam my idol with the intention that I'll get it back 
Hachimoto with, with, with no question. So, yeah. but can I, ask I would not you, have done that. You... Eh? I could tell you now. I could. I would have been cut it. I would have cut that conversation down. Like no way. <laughs> I, I'm not a trust. I'm just don't trust people. <laughs> exactly. Can I ask you though? Would yeah. you have Lehi keep it all the way to tribunal? Because during the house, during the camp to hide it, I understood that part. But to go all the way to tribunal council and not have your idol in your pocket with you, would you have went that far? Because I feel like I could understand it when he found it and didn't know where to hide it. And Sam was like, oh, it's visible. But once we get to camp and making our way to tribunal, I would have to have my idol in my pocket with me. Yeah, um, but the way I look at it is, you know, also if you look at it like as in a social cue, now, let's say it's like a few minutes before trouble council. If I ask you for my idle bag, number one, that says that I don't trust you. You know, it already, you know, sort of like breaks the relationship we have. Because if I take my idle bag, even though I've, you know, sort of like, because I mean, in Jesse's head, you know, he wasn't in trouble. He didn't need the idol. You know, he didn't really care where it was. So I think it's like those small sort of like social cues where asking back your idol from someone mm. is like, I don't trust you because I think that you bought me out. And that could sort of like hinder in the relationship you have with someone. So I think it's just those small things, but maybe I could have done it. You know, I don't know. I think I'm naturally a caring person. Even when I've played some of these online reality games, I do do some silly stuff like, you know, give people my idols because I believe that they're my allies. And for you to last long in the game, you do need numbers. So I think I would have done the same thing Jesse would have done. Hey, at you least know, you're being okay. honest about it. At least you're being honest about it. I couldn't have, yeah. I personally just couldn't have done I'm it. Correct. Um, but yeah, you make good points though. So overall guys, you know, I think this has been a very interesting season. I've been enjoying it. Like I've been podcasting about it now for eight weeks. We came to a conclusion. I personally am happy with the outcome. I do believe that at the end, the best player won. They had a strategy that they clearly articulated to the jury. Um, there were two players sitting next to them. Like we get in a lot of seasons that sometimes, you know, isn't always the players you would think is number two and three, but they did manage to get there. And I do respect the fact that they got there because at the end of the day, it, you know, you have to do more things right than wrong to get into yeah. a final three. Um, overall, though, this would conclude for those that are listening to the audio version and also here in the live, our coverage of Australian Survivor Blood versus Water for this season. There will be a little bit of off-season content that is still going to drop on this channel. I do have confirmed interviews with both Brianna and also with Mark coming up in this next week. So I'm really looking forward to both of those. I'm sure that it will lead into more other interviews on the channel. Like I said, there is just a few players that have asked for some time away from, yeah. I guess, the limelight, which is fair. I respect that. Um, hopefully when they get some time to decompress, they'll want to come on and talk a bit of uh, Australian Survivor with us, which I'm really looking forward to. But in the meantime, if you're a Survivor addict like myself and Richard and Zoe here, and you want to watch more content on Survivor, we're going to continue to cover Survivor 42. And who knows, we might even get Zoe and Richard on um, at some stage as guests for Survivor 42 coverage as well. Um, I've really been enjoying it. I think it's such a great season compared to some of the recent seasons that's been out there. So I'm sure they'd be happy to come on and, and talk about it. But for now... Uh, this concludes our coverage for this season and I'll catch you guys next time. Zoe and Richard, thank you so much for dropping by today to talk to me about uh, the season of Australian Survivor. You're welcome. I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, talk to awesome. you guys later. Bye.